Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready, Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump! Good morning, everybody. This is Bella Vasta with Jump Consulting, and I am joined here live today with the wonderful, the honorable, the knowledgeable David Purcell from Business Insurance of the Carolinas. David, thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Bella. Appreciate that. For sure. You're definitely the go-to expert when it comes to everything insurance. And online, we're always abuzz about many different insurance topics. The hot topic, as you know, this week is all about car insurance and this thing called non-owned. So basically, David, we've got a couple of questions for you today, but I just kind of wanted to crank out this whole subject area because it's kind of confusing. Let's start off with just a typical example. So I'm a pet sitting business owner and I have a employees driving around doing pet sits. They get in an accident. What happens? <laughs> Take it away. Great question. Great question. You know, usually non-owned auto insurance is a specialty endorsement either to a business owner's policy or a commercial auto policy. And so I think it's important to define exactly what it covers and what it is. And so non-owned auto insurance covers basically any vehicle that's owned by your employees or by other people that it's not owned by you, but they're using it in the course of your business. So what that means, if I were to send the receptionist to go pick up the mail at my office and Uh she drives her own personal vehicle and she were to get in an accident and during the course of that accident or that occurrence, they learned that she was on business use. So she was going to post office for my particular use. Uh And if that's the case, then if I was sued, the business was sued, then my insurance would be excess over her personal auto policy. It's an excess coverage. And I think that's a very important point that most people understand that insurance typically follows the vehicle in most states. So if you're driving your car and you hit somebody, your liability insurance is going to be primary. So typically what happens if if a pet sitter, the question that you had, if a pet sitter were to be driving on the course of business, performing their duties like they usually do from one pet sitting job to the next, or transporting pets in their car for pet taxi purposes. If they were doing it for your business and they were in an auto accident and hurt somebody or caused property damage, then the person could be sued and their personal auto insurance would apply. However, if they find out that the business was involved and the person was working for you at the time, they could also sue your business. What's hard for this coverage is that a lot of pet sitters use independent contractors And when you read the forms, it's just like the liability insurance. They don't define independent contractors under the personal general liability policy or a hired or non-owned policy. So they're really talking about employees here and not independent contractors. There would be some characteristics or some claims situations where independent contractors may have some coverage. It's all going to be defined by an attorney at the time of the claim, whether there was an employer-employee relationship. You know, if they're true independent contractors, they really need their own insurance. So, you know, that's the tough So, for the sake of this argument, and you know, I am very heavy on employees, let's have this conversation functioned around employees. And I appreciate you making that differentiation because it is very important for people to understand the two very separate conversations. So, for the sake of us, we'll talk employees. So, pet sitter, going to a pet sit, doing pet taxis for the pets, getting an accident, and it was their fault. The sitter would be the one sued or the sitter's insurance rather would go after. And then if they had maybe really low limits or something, right, then the business 
non-owned insurance would kick in if you had it. If you didn't have it, what could happen? What could happen is you could be forced to defend yourself in the need of the claim. And if that person can prove that the pet sitter was working on behalf of your business when they were driving or when the occurrence happened, then certainly you would have to defend yourself in that instance. And so you would have to pay for an attorney to defend you. And then if they deem that you were responsible for that pet sitter being on the road and that led up to that claim, then you could be held liable for those injuries. You know, could the you first- also be held liable for the claim from the pet sitter's individual insurance? No, no. The personal auto will always be primary. So uh-huh. say you're working for me, you're my employee, you get in an accident, whatever limits you have on your personal auto policy would be primary. Okay. Okay. So let's say you have a hundred thousand dollar auto limit for bodily injury and property damage. Mm-hmm. Your policy is going to pay the defense. It's usually outside of the limit. So meaning they're going to defend you first. And if they find that you are negligent and you did cause the accident, your policy will pay up to a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. With no non-owned coverage, someone could try to sue the employer they first have to prove that you were working for me. And if you were as a business owner, myself could be found negligent for you working for me, which caught, led up to that accident. So, so now how much does that non-owned go up to? I mean, because I'm sure there's a cap on that, right? Yes. Are there different options and things? Sometimes there are different options. Typically what you see is about a million dollars. You know, there's two ways to purchase non-owned auto coverage. One, you can buy it through a commercial auto policy, which is recommended. If you have a business and you put decals, stickers on there, and you say pet taxi, and you're driving around, and you're using it in your business, that's your primary form of living, and you're earning a living, you really should have a commercial auto policy as opposed to a personal auto policy, because a personal auto policy is designed for you personally. It's not really designed to pick up. They will pick up business use. Say I drive to my office, and then I go see a client. If I have it in my personal auto policy, it will cover that. But it's really not designed to cover a business because you can't add a hired and non-owned liability to your personal insurance. So you can only buy commercial insurance under a commercial auto policy, which you can then purchase optional endorsements such as the hired and non-owned liability coverage. Commercial auto coverage is, say you had just one vehicle. Again, if you have stickers, let's say you're an LLC and you, you have stickers on your car and you say, you know, Pet Sitter LLC, we aim to please, blah, blah, blah on the, on the side of your car you're driving your vehicle and you get an accident, you will be sued personally and as a business. Now, if you don't have a commercial auto policy, that personal auto policy is not meant to cover your business because you don't have that covered under that policy. It's just under now your personal Now, let me back you up. Yep. Are you, Are saying, you saying that if that a pet sitter, pet sitter has a decal or a magnet, they automatically have just changed their personal car to a commercial auto car, therefore have exposed themselves to that additional liability? Even if they don't have the sticker on their car, if they're using it in their business, it's not going to negate coverage under the personal auto policy, but you really should have a commercial auto policy if you're driving your car routinely for business because you're using it for the business. It's no longer an auto. It's now a commercial auto. Can I also make the jump to say that what I'm hearing is it's probably best well suited for pet sitters if they have sitters driving around out there to have a non-owned car insurance coverage. They should, and we're talking employees. Make that distinction. If you and have you can only get that if you have a commercial insurance policy. No, there's two options. The first one is via commercial auto policy. The other way to purchase this coverage is through a business owner's policy. If you've ever seen a business owner policy, it covers property, it covers liability, 
and then it gives you a whole lot of other coverages and a whole lot of other options. Like an umbrella policy? No, an umbrella policy is a policy that goes over your commercial auto policy, your general liability, and your workers' comp employer's liability. An umbrella is excess coverage. So let's say you had a commercial auto policy with a million dollar limit, you have a general liability with a million dollar limit, and then you have employer's liability with a million dollar limit. If you bought an umbrella, that's another million that goes on top of those three. So you would then have two million for all of those things we just mentioned. An umbrella policy is completely separate. I don't want anybody to be confused because I've seen that online as well. I see right. lots of things that people put out there that you know aren't factual and, and we want to set the record straight. That's why we're here. Is well, to and that's the thing. I think the two most common things that kind of do get passed around there, this information that it kind of seems like it is inaccurate is one, an umbrella policy. If you have like an umbrella policy for $1 million, it'll cover anything that happens under your business at all. The other thing that we hear is, Oh, I'm covered for pet taxi. You know, it'll cover if something happens to the pets. Well, yeah, the pet in the car, right? But not the car, the people, the other people, all that other stuff. It, I think those are the two major things that get talked about that I hear on Chatter. Yeah, I agree. And I do believe that there is some misinformation going on with the umbrellas. And the umbrellas are broader than the underlying policies. Right. So there's two different terms. There's one's excess liability policy, which would follow the form. Mm-hmm. And anybody that's bought an insurance policy knows that there's a bunch of forms behind it. It's key to read the forms or, or talk to your insurance agent, whether it's me or anyone that you're working with, how the forms respond. Okay. So if I write a general liability policy and a commercial auto policy, I have forms in those policies. If I buy an umbrella, the umbrella is typically a little bit broader and it may pick up some things underneath, such as if you were to rent a boat to take out your clients on. You know, you aren't going to go buy a boat policy, but the umbrella may pick that up if it's, you know, under 26 feet. It's right. all specific to the form. But the umbrella is really essentially over and above the commercial auto, over and above the general liability and the employer's liability. So and it sounds like something that you don't use or do on a frequent basis, like drive around in your car. It's something like above and beyond your typical way of doing business. It is really is for those large, large claims that nobody wants to have. So you get in a commercial auto accident and you hit somebody and let's say three people in that car are now hospitalized and they have, you know, two or $3 million worth of injuries. Your commercial auto policy will typically only pay up to a million dollars. So now if you had an umbrella, you would have an extra million. Right. You know what I'm saying? So now you'd have two million to pay those injuries. So Same thing with your liability. If say a dog bit somebody while you're walking down the street and it's a really bad claim or accident, the first million would be paid under the general liability policy. Then if you had an umbrella, the coverage would go into the umbrella. Right. So it's an excess policy. So let me ask you this, because we're talking about umbrellas and we're talking about doing things. My good buddy, Kate, out in Ireland, she's a Possum Media. We have this great podcast going. It's twice a month on the first and third Thursday. And our next one is going to be all about gaining your confidence to have events. So as you're talking about umbrella policies, if I were to have an event like a yappy hours, for se, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, this is a little off topic, but you said umbrella. If there were like two dogs that got in a fight at one of my events or I don't know, something happened, would that fall under the umbrella? Probably not. See, and that's the key with insurance. And that's where this umbrella term gets tossed around way too often. What you're talking about would be a special event. And Uh you can buy a liability policy. It's called a special events policy. 
that would cover special events. Let's say you wanted to host a bring your dog to work day, you know, or you wanted to host a event like a training seminar. Okay. In your local area and you invited the general public and you have 200 people show up or it's a uh, costume day and everybody brings their pets in costume. All of those things would be special events policies. Your general liability is specific to covering what you do on a daily basis, which is maybe pet sitting or dog training. Mm-hmm. You know, those are what the general liability is for. They're not intended to cover special events where those exposures are outside of what you were buying that liability policy for. So, you know, have to look at what you're actually trying to cover and then talk it over with the agent that's working with you. But your special event policies are normal. We do sell them and we have people that have festivals, people who have bring your pets to their farm. So you would have to get a special endorsement for every event? Well, that actually would be a separate policy for a special event such as that. Again, endorsements, we're getting a little bit complicated, a little bit off topic, but endorsements are really covering. Those are options that you can add to a policy. So endorsements are like changes or forms that you add, coverage forms that you add to your policy. You really can't add a special events form to your policy. Uh What you can do is add an additional insured to your policy, which would be like one person or one entity. So that would be an endorsement. So endorsements are typically changes to your policy that come with a form behind it that spell out the terms of what they're going to cover. Okay. And for a commercial auto policy, Getting back on subject, the non-owned autos is a uh, coverage option that you would have to tell your agent or ask for, which would then be added to your policy if you had a business owner's policy. Then it would pick up that exposure for your non-owned vehicles, meaning your employees' vehicles while they're working on your behalf. Okay. This is all very confusing, David. I know it is, and it's a hard topic. We've got got two different people with two different questions for you. The first one that came in was from Jan Brown. And she'd like to know if she wants non-owned through BIC, your company, why I have to change my personal auto insurance to BIC. I sure don't have to do this with another company who I currently have my non-owned auto through. Do you have any thoughts on that? I do. And I appreciate the question. The bottom line is that in our office, we offer association liability policies, but we also offer business owners policies. You don't have to switch your personal auto insurance to come with us to get the hired and non-owned. We can offer a business owner's policy just like the other agency that was mentioned. And we do. It really boils down to what you're looking for in your business to cover. Under a business owner's policy, here we're going to go a little bit off subject, so bear with me. But on a business owner's policy, they have coverage forms. And then under our liability policies that we put together for the associations that we work with, they have their own set of forms. Forms are what dictate coverage. And under the association form, it is broader in in terms of taking care of the pets, taking care of property in your care, custody, and control than the BOP policy. So there's a decision to be made at that point. Which are you looking to cover? Do you have that many people driving for you? And if you do, you know, the first step is to try to maintain, and and I get a lot of pushback from sitters across the U.S. on this, Try to maintain, require a limit in your contracts if you do have independent contractors or your employees, you can ask for them to make sure they maintain a certain limit under their personal auto policy. So one, because that's going to be the primary limit that's going to pay if they're in an accident. Okay. And then the second thing is to get the commercial auto policy, especially if you have a pet taxi, you certainly need a a commercial auto policy and add the hired and non-owned coverage. Now, if you have a business owner's policy, We can certainly offer that as well, 
But note that the business owner's policy has a couple of problems, and that's why we introduced ours before the business owner's policies ever even came about. And we were writing liability for pet sitters back in the early 90s. And our forms take away the exclusion for pets and property in your care, custody, and control. If you read the business owner's policy forms, they do not have the same endorsement on their policies. What they do is they give you animal bailey coverage under a property form. They also limit you to the vet medical covered under that form, typically either to $1,000. Some may go up to five, but let's just say you had an accident and you're driving, you have two pets in the car and you get in an auto accident. Maybe you get hit and the, both the pets get injured. Well, the pets would only be covered up to $1,000 for their vet medical injuries because you may not have been at fault. Somebody else may have. And so same thing as with your general liability insurance. If you're taking care of the pet and the dog ingests something while it's in your care or the dog jumps off the back porch, tears its ACL, all of those are vet medical claims. We pay those vet medical claims up to the limits you choose under your policy, which I've seen the vet medical this year especially go much higher than $10,000 on several claims where the dog has surgeries, they have repeated physical therapy appointments. And so we've seen vet medical, we paid as high as $25,000 for that. Wow. Other policies like the business owner's policy would not pay that. They would pay $1,000 or $5,000 at the very most. And I believe CNA is the only company that offers $5,000 for the vet medical injuries regardless of fault. Sounds like there's a lot of different questions that a business owner has to ask themselves to decipher when talking to at least business insurers about, should I get the association policy or should I get the business owner's policy? Those are the two products that you kind of have able to offer a pet sitter, right? Let's start there. So you get these two products. One is if you're a member of this association, a predetermined kind of package thing. And then you get this business owner policy where you're standing alone by yourself. You own this policy. You're not part of this big group, right? Is that part right? That is correct. Because the association policies are tied to the association. So you have to have membership with these associations. Right. And you technically save money, but these are two different products offering two different things. And it's important. It sounds like for a business owner to ask themselves, okay, how important is this pet taxi? You know, David, between you and I and everyone listening, this pet taxi thing kind of always is laughable to me because I don't know many pet sitters that make a living off of pet taxi. It's kind of one of those like caveat, like, oh, and we do pet taxi, like talking points, but no one really ever does it. I know in my own personal business, it's less than 1% a year. So why even offer it? So we kind of don't advertise it. You know, we barely even do it. Probably count on one hand. So I think that's maybe a question someone needs to ask because when you're talking about liability coverage in an accident, you've got it for the pet, you've got it for the person driving, you got it for the other people involved. And it was once explained to me that it's very easy to get really high dollars in accidents because you could have one person in a car, you could have four people in a car and every single person is going to have their own claim, their own bills, their own deductibles. So, and then something else I heard you say that was really important is either requiring a certain amount of coverage for individual people. So I think this is a really good topic because you can't really do a one size fits all in this conversation right now. You can say, here are all the different options and things to consider, but you definitely, definitely can't just say, okay, I got insurance for my business. I'm covered because you have no idea what it means. We have another question from Katie, if I can. I was told that I should also have professional liability insurance to cover things my general through business insurers does not cover. Non-owned auto is included in the professional liability quote from another company. 
I guess it's the same thing. Why do we have to get commercial auto through BIC when we can purchase this policy separate through others? So it sounds like if I can just interject and then I'll give the floor to you. It sounds like what I'm hearing is that insurance isn't a one size fits all. Every company offers different products. So just like you could get pet sitting from XYZ company and your pet will be cared for, but you can have all these other companies that also offer pet sitting, but you have different experiences and you get different services through pet sitting. Is that a good comparison? Yes and no. Let, let me just take a step back yes, and let's yeah. look at this. Break it down um, for us. <laughs> again, you're right in the respect that you can buy different policies that will cover a pet sitter for liability. But the primary differences are what kind of claims that you want paid. Under a business owner's policy, you will get some things like the hired and non-owned if you ask for it as an option. So you can have that. The professional liability, again, that's where you're comparing apples against oranges. Uh-huh. Because our association policy, you have to read the actual coverage form. And this is what I always have been trying to educate people on from day one in competing against the business owner's policies, because I see the claims that happen and I have seen the claims that happen for the last 21 years. And I know where the biggest payouts are. And I've also you know, had people who called me after they've had claims that have not been covered under the business owner's policy. And one of the key things to look at is independent contractors. If you truly have independent contractors, a business owner's policy is probably not for you. Whereas under the association policy, under our form, we have it endorsed that we automatically pick up independent contractors. So regardless of whether you have employees or independent contractors, the association policy is going to be a better fit. You're not going to have to worry when you have a claim. Oh, well, did I have an employee or did I have, you know, that's when the attorney is going to get involved and or say, was well, there an employee a, try to your independent yeah. contractor force that they're actually an employee so that you cover it. Exactly. And we've had sitters across this country who have called me after being with the other agencies that write pet sitting pup coverage under a business owner's policy and had their claims denied. And they had an independent contractor that was taking care of a, you know, a dog and the dog gets injured. And they turn it into the business owner's policy company and they say, well, you're an independent contractor. That's not covered under our policy. Right. So you have to be real careful there. And it really looked at the coverage forms. The other thing that our policy does, that question asked about professional liability. So let's address that. Mm -hmm. Under a business owner's policy, most of them will give you animal bailey on the property form. And some of them will give you a professional liability. It's called pet groomers professional liability. If you read the form, it'll pick up professional liability for boarding kennels and grooming, and some will actually mention pet sitting. What that is, is another way to try to pick up the care, custody, and control exposure. However, you know, your profession is taking care of pets. And what that's mean to say, let's say you were negligent in leaving a puppy crate open. Right. The dog gets out and chews up the house. That could be considered a professional liability exposure. However, Look at all the exposures that exist and where we pay a good 50% of our claims are to incidental injuries to the pets themselves, that there are no negligence. There's no professional liability negligence, meaning a dog were to ingest something on a walk. You know, let's say it eats a rock or eats a stick, now needs surgery, or is playing ball outside and swallows the ball. You didn't cause that. Your professionalism didn't cause that dog to You're do negligent. that. Negligent, yeah. You want that claim paid. And that's what it boils down to. The forms are different between the association policy and the business owner's liability forms that they offer. So there's two different sets of coverages there. And it's key to read the form and know what applies before the claim happens. Because once the claim happens, you know, you're going to be calling. I I can't tell you how many calls we've actually had where people 
have other policies and they call us and they say, well, they only paid a thousand and it was a $7,000 claim. Now I have to eat $6,000. So I'm switching all my insurance to you. Yeah. And I say, well, I'm sorry. I've been trying to educate the world about this yeah. and get that word out. Yeah. And then I've also had the calls on the non-owned people have called and said, well, you know, my uh, brother-in-law was doing something for me and, you know, he got in an accident. Do I have any coverage under the association policy? And I have to say, no, you need non-owned auto coverage. And there's only two ways to get that, commercial auto or via the business owner's policy. Right. So we have some clients that actually buy the association policy and the business owner's policy. Right. We have some clients that buy the association policy and the commercial policy. Yeah. yeah we just had a gal in our group and she said, all right, well, I'm going to just buy both policies because I want to make sure I'm covered. So what I'm really hearing is that it's complicated and it's unique to your business. And I think that a lot of business decisions, David, comes down to how much risk are you willing to take? And if you could answer those questions, you're going to figure out how much insurance you need, how you want to run your company, if you want to have ICs or employees. And I think it's worthy of a conversation. Now, David, I know the answer to this question already, but for all of our listeners, because we could talk about this forever and I kind of want to try to wrap it up a little bit. I hope I've ignited some questions and thinking in our listeners' minds. If they want to get a hold of you and they don't have a BIC policy, will you still talk to them? Absolutely. And again, I don't want to call it just a BIC policy because what we are, <laughs> we're an independent insurance agent and we represent probably a hundred different insurance companies. Uh -huh. So just about anywhere else you go, we have all the market, not just the association offering. We offer the business owners policies through many national carriers that you would know about yeah. uh, that I'll just remain nameless at this point. But I know all the all the places you can get pet sitting insurance. And the only ones we can't offer would be State Farm, Allstate or a direct rider like Geico. If, if I don't think Geico offers a, a pet sitting policy, but there are direct riders out there. But then you go to the national carriers like the Travelers, the Hartford, all of those companies we can represent. And if they write pet sitting, we can offer those policies and we can offer the BOP and we can offer commercial auto and all of those different products. I want people to understand that the business owners policies are good for the, the right fit. If you have employees, you know, you may want to consider employment practices, liability insurance. If you have a computer and you're accepting money online or you're keeping a database with your client's information, you may need cyber liability. Just because you buy the business owner's policy doesn't mean you're going to get that. You have to ask for it. You have to talk to the agent about what your exposures are. And then we uncover what's the best fit for you and, and your business. So you have cyber liability. And I know my credit card processing system, they have an insurance tacked on to cover me for fraud and like, you know, credit card fraud. So it's like, there's so much stuff. So Katie just said, yes, exactly. Katie, Katie just said, how do we know which liability policy business owner or association we already have through business insurers? And then she said, I think I just need to call him. And I agree. I want to encourage everyone listening today to call up your insurance agent. David is a broker. He represents He's kind of like your go-to guy. He has knowledge and can represent many different companies. And if you just sit down and have an honest conversation with him and say, hey, this is what I'm worried about. Hey, what if this scenario, David's a real approachable guy. He's awesome. His whole team is because David, I'm sure you can't talk to everyone, but I really encourage anyone listening just to call up, have a conversation, know exactly what you're covered for. If God forbid something were to happen today, do you know exactly 
what would happen and what would be covered? If the answer to that is no, I really encourage you to arm yourself with knowledge. Don't be paralyzed in fear. Don't be calling up David crying after something happens with a huge bill to pay or all kinds of confusion. You know, we had another question here come in, but I think you actually answered it at the beginning. He was talking about if an accountant wants business to buy a car and title it personally, but pay through the business. But if the driver was working at the time as an accountant going client to client and gets in an accident with a personal auto insurance, pick it up. Yeah, I see the question. Okay. Yeah. The answer to that would be yes. If you're driving, again, the insurance is going to follow the vehicle. So right. the, the personal accountant's insurance would be primary. Now, if they sued the accountant firm, the CPA firm, they would then be over and excess over that primary personal auto policy. Yeah. So if they, if they have the non-owned liability coverage, they would have coverage. So for but, um, this conversation, David, to answer the do I need non-owned car insurance coverage in my small business, my answer, and I, I'm curious to see what you would say, I would say unless all of your sitters are driving around with million dollar car insurance policies personally, which I don't even know if they exist. And if you are not a risk taker, yes, you need it. Or you need to at least have a conversation. Agreed. If you have employees that are driving on behalf of the business, you need to have non-owned auto liability coverage. How much is this stuff? Are we talking hundreds or thousands? Well, it's a good question. Certain businesses, non-owned auto is a really low exposure Meaning like for myself, an insurance agent or CPA who sends out somebody to the post office or goes to see their client infrequently. If I send somebody to the post office, I don't have much exposure. Now, if I was a pizza delivery guy and I had 10 people working with me, they're all employees that were delivering pizzas going as fast as they could to get them out. That's a much heavier exposure. Same thing with pet sitting. If you've got 10 or 15 employees working for you, and they're on the street all the time, then you certainly have a much larger exposure. Right. Insurance companies know this, and you got to be careful because the insurance companies are cracking down. And that's the other thing with the business owner's policies, that the rates continue to go up year after year with the business owner's policy. So you got to be real careful there because they throw in all these coverages. But we've seen two companies that have really have kind of gone to the wayside, you know, Hartford being one of them, that will no yeah. longer your pet sitters. Yeah. And that's because they really aren't insuring them like they should because they're not, they're basing it on property rates and that's how a business owner's policy is built. So it's built on property rates. Most pet sitters don't even have any property. They may have $5,000 worth of computers. Other than that, they don't really have a property exposure. So the business owner's policy is really not designed for a pet sitter. And ultimately the losses will exceed what they pay in as premium. And ultimately these companies will keep going down one after the other. And unless they make some changes to their model, now, there is another insurer that's similar to us in our association business that's out of Wisconsin, and they do it by headcount. So the number of people that work for you, that's how they base their exposure, which is a much better way to cover it. We do it by gross sales because if you're doing it by property and it has nothing to do with what your true exposure is, which is a service where you're making money off the of service, you're not charging the amount of money that's going to cost to cover those claims. And so you could ask you know, Hartford and some of these other companies that are no longer offering it, why they're no longer offering it. And they'll tell you because our claims were, were monstrous. They were just right. much, yeah, I heard much that. higher than expected. So um, let me ask you two more questions, if that's okay. I just want to get them out before I forget them. And I'm trying to write them down. It's a two-part question. One, so a sitter has a parked car in front of someone's house, right? They're doing a pet sit. A neighbor comes out, backs into their car, right? They maybe 
don't make a lot or for whatever reason have very low coverage, they have to pay a $1,000 deductible on their own car to get their damage fixed. Something mm-hmm. like that would a non-owned then kicked in. So like me as a business owner, I could be like, hey, okay, I'm so sorry that happened. Wow, you have those low limits. Like, hey, I have this insurance. Maybe we could submit a claim here. Is that what would happen? Or- no, somebody backs in and hits your car while it's parked in front. That's really not what the non-owned is covered. Non-owned is a oh. liability coverage. So it would only protect you for your employees that are driving on your behalf, vehicles that you don't own, and you hit somebody or injure somebody. That's the liability coverage is the bodily injury or property damage to a third party. If someone hits you, backs into your car, their liability will be responsible. If they don't have coverage, there's another auto coverage that's called uninsured motorist or underinsured motorist yeah, coverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And, I get what you're saying. So, Again, it, it gets really complex and, and it's hard to, to put it all in a 30-minute blab, but I know. It, that's why it's best to talk to the person you're working with. Again, yes. whether it's me or any agent you know, that specializes in the field that you do, if you're an accountant, if you're a pet sitter, you know, whatever the case may be, talk to someone who understands and, and is reading the forms and really does have a handle on what they're doing yeah, as far as yeah. the coverage and how it's going to apply. And, you know, that's what it boils down to. And you also mentioned one other thing that I want to point out is that you said that we had a great team over here. We really do. We have an incredible team of professionals here. You know, I have people who have been here for 15 years that have worked with me and have known the product. So if I'm never here, I know I'm going to be out next week and I anticipate there might be a lot of calls. We have people in my office that are ready to answer your questions and assist you and make sure that you get covered the way you want to be covered and answer any questions you have. Final question, I promise. Is this an insurance that I shout from the rooftops, hey guys, I have this, you're covered, or do I hold it back and only lay that card on the table if I'm sued? That would be one that I would probably hold back. You know, you don't need to go out and tell everybody, okay, you're covered for this. I mean, it's just like you're trying to protect yourself and your business. The employees, if it's a different coverage like workers' comp, that's kind of a benefit to them. But as far as the non-owned coverage, you know, if you have the coverage, it's great if you do. But I don't know that you need to go telling everybody here, hey, I have non-owned coverage, you're covered. Because you never know until the claim happens. You know, it's up to that adjuster. And I want to be you know, forthright right here and now is that anytime you have a claim, the adjuster is going to get to the bottom of it. They're going to bring in their defense team, try to defend you. You're not liable. And so you never want to admit that you're liable. You never want to say, oh, I've got insurance that covers it. That's not something you want to do with time of claim. What you want to do is say, I'll, here's my insurance card. Yeah, I'm going to turn it in. You turn it into your insurance and we'll let them talk it over. You don't want to ever admit liability until you got all the facts. There may have been a witness down the street that saw something that happened. You know, another dog came out of another direction that caused the dog that you were walking or the dog that was riding in your car to jump out the window. You don't know that. But the best thing to do is get witness testimony if you have a claim take some pictures of the damages, submit it to your agent, talk to your agent, but never admit liability at time of a claim because it's going to be up to the insurance companies to uh, uncover the truth. Katie has the last question. She says, will our PSI association still give us a discount on these additional policies with you? As far as the PSI is, is concerned and all of our associations, we only have discounts on the liability and the bonding. We can't control the national carriers, what they do. You know, we designed these policies for the associations because when they came to us in the 90s, there wasn't really not a good market out there that would even cover the exposure. 
And so that's when we went to our carrier and we were able to get the endorsement onto the care custody and control and include coverage for the pets and property in your care. And to do that, we had to write a monoline liability policy. That was the only way to get it covered. And what we've done is enhanced that form and broadened it with other endorsements. So that it's the broadest liability form out there for a pet sitter you know, or dog trainer or any pet services professionals. We have the broadest forms when it comes to the liability, including the pets in your care. So we can't unfortunately offer any discounts to say a Hartford or a Traveler's policy because they don't give discounts for the association. Got it. Got it. So it really sounds like those two products I was talking about, like you've got this business owner product that is kind of very generic in general. And then you've got this other product that it was created through the association that is a little bit more poignanted to the pet sitters themselves. So Gosh, guys, just please, please, please call your insurance agent, figure out what you've got, figure out what's important to you, have those conversations, ask those questions. It is definitely your responsibility as a business owner. David, how can everyone get a hold of you for everyone listening today? Sure. The, the best way is to call our 1-800 number is 1-800-962-4611. And my extension is 214. But if I'm not here, again, I am going to be out next week, but you can always call and leave me a message. But if that same 1-800 number, you can dial zero and get any member of our team. We have five other people besides me that work exclusively in our pet department that are all licensed and knowledgeable insurance agents that can all assist you with these coverages and products. You can also email me at dp at business-insurers.com. And I will be checking emails even while I'm out and we'll get those moved to someone who can respond more quickly. Yeah, you are awesome on response. Like I get responses from you where I'm not even expecting it. And it's that's really important. Customer service is a lost art and you can really knock socks off people. David, thank you so much for being here with us. This is another episode of Bella in Your Business. We will have David back many times. You guys just keep chatting online and telling us what you want to hear about and we will make it happen. David is so open and willing to help our industry and help make it better. So thanks for listening. Join us online at facebook.com backslash jump consulting. You go to jumpconsulting.net to get more of all of my products and y'all have a great day. Thanks so much. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.